On December 6th every year, countries across Europe celebrate St. Nicholas Day. The way they celebrate can vary dramatically from place to place, but what they all have in common is honoring a man with a long white beard who gives presents to children. And if that all sounds familiar, it should. Learn more about St. Nicholas, St. Nicholas Day, and how it's celebrated around the world on this episode of Everything Everywhere Daily. This episode is sponsored by ButcherBox. Summer is right around the corner, and that means cookouts. No matter what your preferred food is for a cookout or a barbecue, ButcherBox can help you make it the best. If you want to serve up some hamburgers, ButcherBox has grass-fed ground beef to make the perfect smash burger. Want to cook up some steaks? Well, ButcherBox has that too, with some of the best cuts of steaks such as New York Strip, ribeye, and filet mignon. Do you like grilled chicken? Well, ButcherBox has some of the best pasture-raised chicken that you will find anywhere. And if you really want to wow people at your next cookout, you can try grilling some of their wild-caught salmon on a cedar plank. Sign up at ButcherBox.com daily and get a special deal. ButcherBox is offering my listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com daily and use code daily to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. This episode is sponsored by Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. I recently had the chance to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond, and I can attest to its exceptional aromas with hints of caramel and vanilla intertwining with its oakiness, which provide a well-rounded flavor profile. Taking a sip is akin to experiencing a piece of bourbon history firsthand. Heaven Hill Distillery may be America's most quintessential bourbon distillery. Established in 1935 after the end of Prohibition, the distillery was established by the Shapira family and has remained a family-owned distillery to this day. In 1897, Congress passed the Bottled in Bond Act, which set forth strict rules for any bourbon labeled Bottled in Bond. Heaven Hill Bottled in Bond Bourbon goes beyond the stringent requirements of the law by aging its bourbon for seven years, not four. The end result is a gold medal-winning bourbon that truly stands out. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill Bottled in Bond. Heaven Hill reminds you, think wisely, drink wisely. The story of St. Nicholas is similar to the story of many saints and other personalities from antiquity. We don't know much about them, what we do know was written well after the fact, and there was probably a lot of embellishment of their stories. So, everything about St. Nicholas has to be taken with a big grain of salt. Nicholas was born in the year 270 in the city of Patara in Asia Minor, or what we call today Turkey. He was born in the Roman Empire when it was pretty much at its peak. He was supposedly born to a wealthy Greek Christian family, and yet an uncle who was a bishop in the city of Myrna. There is little known about his life growing up. When he was a young man, his parents supposedly died in an epidemic. When he received his inheritance, he made the decision to give it all away to the poor. His uncle, seeing his virtue, supposedly made him a priest. His generosity became legendary. In one of his most famous acts of charity, there was a man with three daughters who couldn't afford their dowries to get them married. Without getting married, and this is the way it worked at the time, the daughters would probably have been forced into prostitution. He wanted to help the father, but he didn't want to embarrass him by publicly giving him charity. So he snuck into his house on three separate nights, delivering three bags of gold, one for each daughter. On the third night, the father stayed up to find out who had been leaving the gold, and he found Nicholas was delivering it. 
He thanked him profusely, but Nicholas asked him to keep it a secret. He was also known for leaving coins in the shoes of children who left them out overnight. He made a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, then returned to Myrna, where he was made a bishop, holding the position that his uncle once held. He also famously freed three innocent men who were about to be executed. He reportedly attended the Council of Nicaea in 325, which is an interesting story in and of itself, and will be the focus of a future episode. He also was imprisoned under the Christian persecution of the Emperor Diocletian, but was later freed by Emperor Constantine. All the things I've just listed are biographical items that fall into the category of plausibility. However, there are a whole bunch of things that fall into the miraculous category, which are also attributed to Nicholas. When he went to the Holy Land, supposedly his boat got caught in a storm, and he commanded the seas to become calm. The most famous miracle attributed to him is one of the most bizarre to modern audiences. Supposedly, during a famine, a man lured three children into his house and killed them. He then chopped up the children and put them in a pickling barrel with the intent of selling them as meat. St. Nicholas met the man and saw through his lies. He made the sign of the cross over the pickling barrel, and the three children came out alive and reassembled. FYI, reassembling and reviving disassembled children is an awesome party trick. This miracle is the one for which Nicholas was best known for. When he appears in paintings throughout history, he's usually shown with three children coming out of a vat. After his death, he was declared a saint and is the patron saint of a whole bunch of seemingly unrelated things. Sailors, merchants, archers, repentant thieves, prostitutes, children, brewers, pawnbrokers, unmarried people, and students. Nicholas was buried in his church, and 200 years later, a new church of St. Nicholas was built under the orders of Emperor Theodosius II, where his remains were moved. After the Great Schism between the Eastern and Western churches, his body was stolen by Italians and taken to the city of Bari, Italy, and enshrined at the Basilica di San Nicola, where they reside today. He supposedly died on December 6, 343, which is why December 6th is his feast day. So, okay, biography of an ancient saint, fine and dandy. But how does the person I just described become the person we know as jolly old Saint Nick? In the Middle Ages, there were tons of feast days centered around saints. Nicholas was a pretty prominent saint at the time, and he was best known for both children and gift-giving. The way St. Nicholas Day is celebrated really varies quite a bit throughout Europe. While the traditions might vary, there are several things which most of the celebrations have in common. First is the giving of gifts in some form. The most common form of this is children leaving shoes out and then having them filled at night with coins, candy, gifts, or fruit. Second, someone or many people will usually dress up as St. Nicholas as a bishop. This will usually entail wearing a bishop's mitre on their head, having a staff, and, of course, a long white beard. Third, St. Nicholas will often tell children that they need to be good for the year. Many countries also have an associate of St. Nicholas whose job is to punish bad children, and that character often goes by Krampus. The parallels to Christmas are pretty obvious, but how did a Roman-era saint and the associated traditions with his feast day get associated with the totally different holiday of Christmas? The first reason had to do with the Protestant Reformation. In Northern Europe, as Protestantism became ascendant, saints and feast days fell out of popularity. However, people still wanted to engage in gift-giving, especially giving gifts to children. Because St. Nicholas Day and Christmas are only about three weeks apart, many of the traditions were just transferred over to Christmas. Instead of St. Nicholas giving gifts, they could just have come from baby Jesus directly. However, there was one Northern European country that had a much more direct impact on transferring the St. Nicholas traditions to Christmas and that would be the Netherlands. In the Netherlands, they never really gave up on St. Nicholas Day. To the Dutch, St. Nicholas is known as Sinterklaas. 
When the Dutch set up colonies in North America, they brought their traditions of St. Nicholas Day with them. Many of the communities in the United States which still celebrate St. Nicholas Day have communities with a significant Dutch heritage. I'm about half Dutch, and I remember getting gifts every St. Nicholas Day. My grandmother would knock on our windows at night, and then we would find fruit or candy on our doorstep. It was this Dutch tradition of St. Nicholas that gradually morphed into Christmas traditions and how Sinterklaas became Santa Claus. In 1809, Washington Irving wrote A Knickerbocker's History of New York, where he talked about a flying, pipe-smoking St. Nicholas. An 1821 poem titled The Children's Friend took the idea of St. Nicholas and stripped him of most religious symbolism. Finally, in 1822, Clement Clark Moore wrote A Visit from St. Nicholas, also commonly known as A Night Before Christmas, which really cemented the association of St. Nicholas with Christmas and with a Santa-type figure. The complete story of the creation of the modern version of Santa Claus I will leave for a future episode. However, the Santa Claus we have today, and many of the traditions we associate with Christmas, all come from a 3rd century Greek bishop who is best known for reassembling chopped up children. The associate producers of Everything Everywhere Daily are Peter Bennett and Thor Thompson. If you'd like to support the show, please join the list of patrons over at patreon.com. And also remember, if you leave a review or send me a question, you too can have it read on the show.